frame me. A few clever keystrokes and bye-bye, Jim John Hartley. She's gonna steal Cleopatra's eggs. They're priceless. If we catch her together, I can clear my name, and I'll help you become the number one thief in the world again. Oh my God, dude. I would love to believe those are her biological eggs. How great would that be? Clones? Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Brian Brushwood, but most importantly, like, please tell me those are actually like like extracted from the ovum of of Cleopatra. No, her I don't biological think she, eggs. I don't think she had foot and a half tall eggs. She in her was ovum. a giant. She was a huge <laughs> ostrich monster. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, you you can find out in Netflix's star-studded Red Notice. That was the trailer for that. Dwayne uh, the Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal dot star in this heist film about a framed fbi agent who teams up with an art thief to take down another art thief uh that comes to select theaters november 5th and then netflix november 12th so they're kind of doing a little movie run but it looks it looks big it looks like a big spectacle film well it's too bad that it's only the three of us who get to talk about it yeah. And I gotta go. Oh no! What? There are four. <laughs> what? Uh, where, where, wherever a wish is made, Brian, a Hammond Chamberlain appears. Hammond, oh, Hammond is with us. Oh, it's so good to be back. I haven't been here since May, and I missed every waking second. Dude, uh, I, I, I can't wait until you actually fly out here, and all of us are here in person. We, oh, uh, man, it's it's a crazy too. idea I have. Uh, the the cult will live. <laughs> Speaking of the red notice, real quick, before we get to the primary target, uh, we, we've talked about this show before, or show, this movie before, Brian, and I know that you're skeptical that it is worth your time to watch. Uh, is that fair to say? I mean, I'm skeptical of everything at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, sure, it's, sure. It's, it's, it's my core, like, like, when in doubt, go cynical, right? That's I cannot wait to watch this, because I and I figured out what the difference is. Uh, I am viewing it like a sunset. I don't sit there and criticize the plot of the sunset. I just enjoy the beauty of it. I don't care what the plot of Red Notice is. It's just going to be enjoyable to watch Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot prance about for a couple hours. You, you do realize I have literally sat on a bridge and criticized the plot of a sunset. It's like, we all know how it's going to end. Sunrises are better. That's Sunset the between you and me, right? <laughs> okay, all right, right on. Yeah, Hammond, do you uh, which which end of this bridge do you fall on that we're so watching the sunset say, on? I will say that the rock is kind of like um, oh god, Jason Statham. I will watch him do anything just because he's that engaging and entertaining as a person. He could read the phone book, and I would watch it. Speaking of that, have you heard the new rap? That he does with Tech Nine. Is it if you the phone book? No, no, no. It, it, he reads the phone the book. Seven one seven seven four four five. Thank you very much. You're Johnson. welcome. <laughs> uh, it, it's really good. It's worth your time. My daughter showed it to me yesterday, and uh, I've listened to it like fifteen times today. It's All good. Right. Done. I'm in. Let's get on to the primary target. I mean, it's got to be better than a sunset. Stupid things, always the same thing, every night. Uh, hey, simple question for today's primary target. When is reporting something like a journalist a spoiler, and when is that not okay? Here's the scoop. 
Last week, Variety reports Matt Donnelly tweeted a detail about which actor appeared in a post-credit scene for the Eternals. Variety reporter Matt Donnelly did that. We're going to do our best not to tell you that detail, although you may have seen it already. But uh, Donnelly didn't give any other details other than who it was and what character they played. Now, Variety considers that to be casting news. And casting news is very common. This person has been cast to play this part. It technically does not violate the NDA with Marvel because that NDA says you can't reveal plot or story information, but Variety's like, that's casting news, not covered. It did mean people got very angry about it because even though it's news, casting news, which is frequently released ahead of a movie, it's also a detail about a post-credit scene which frequently are a fun surprise if you don't know they're coming. So, Brian, what do we think? Is uh, Variety... I mean, Variety is within their rights to do this, but should they have? This is really a question of trust, by which I mean, can I trust my co-host to not throw chum into the waters when we have four guests who are going to have very strong opinions about this? Uh, you and I have previously talked about this, I don't know if our opinions have evolved or, um, but, but I do think like once a year we should reflect on this. I, I would like to go last, uh, uh Bryce, do you have a take on whether uh, the, the distinction between news and spoilers? I, I think in this instance, it is casting news and it, and I don't know if you saw the headline of this person is in in the film, uh, then if it would be on you to click into it and to find out more information about it, it's not like everything's in the headline and the headline is what's going out. And also, well, this like, is a tweet though. This is a tweet, mm. and the tweet is pretty hard not to read. And, and and for sake of not giving spoilers, we won't read it. But it's basically saying uh, at the in the end credit scene, this happened. So if you read it, you've, you're done. You know it. Hmm. That that seems fine to me. Like, sorry, you shouldn't. If you don't want to, if you don't want to be immersed in a movie before you go into it, you it's up to you to determine how much you look into this. Hammond, what about you? Okay, I for me, <clears throat> I I think this is it's totally fine. My problem is that the people are are getting upset because I don't understand spoiler culture that much because I'll go in and enjoy it either way. I understand the one of a surprise. I understand all that, but I can still enjoy things even if I know what's coming sometimes even more. So I'm kind of with Bryce that he's just putting out news and information and then you can either, I mean, if you follow him, you should know this is what's going to happen. If you follow Variety, you know you're going to get this kind of stuff. So, you know what? Sorry, British. No, go ahead, Tom. No, go. you're good. No, I just, I just want to clarify he didn't say end credit scene, actually. In the tweet, he says, big reveal from the Eternals premiere, and then this person has been cast as blah. So Jennifer Garner shows up as Pippi Longstocking. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, Spoiler. I knew, I knew that was coming. So, um, spoiler culture is new. Like, like it, it was something that flat out did not exist when, when we were children. Uh, I, mean, I don't know, maybe... It's always been, forgive me, Bryce, eternal for you. Um, but the uh, uh, 
I, I know that growing up, it's like the more details we could get going into it, the more we wanted. We wanted to know that they were called Ewoks. We wanted to know that there was going to be more ATSTs in Return the of the Jedi. The end of Empire Strikes Back was not leaked ahead of time. Uh, well, ex ex except for that time that I believe on the Tonight Show, Mark Hamill flat out said the big reveal. Wait, really? Uh, see, but okay, but that I guess that even furthers my point is most of us were still surprised. R right. Um, but but also, even if you heard it on the playground, because only a few kids got to see it Friday and then, you know, the following Monday, it was on the playground that you would hear like, oh, my God, you got to find out. Uh, and, right. Sorry. Spoilers incoming. Uh, you, they're like, oh, my God, you find out that Darth Vader is Luke's dad. And then what? That became the giant discussion for the rest of the day. It's like, no freaking way. That's not possible. It's I like, no, I swear. Feeling, I saw it. It's like, I yeah, but you, feeling you lie that a that lot. That I remember that feeling of like, oh, I wish I had gotten to see that thing that got spoiled the first weekend. I wish I was lucky enough to do that, but not angry that the person said it. It was just a fact of life. Like, oh, if you were lucky enough to go get to see the thing, then you got to talk about it. And also, I think that this is ancillary information. I think this doesn't change the movie at all. And I think once the movie comes out, we will not even be talking about this. Just in the same way that like, we don't talk too much about bad trailers once the movie's out. Like, yeah, it, that movie kind of stank. But once the movie's out, we only talk about the movie, not, oh, that had a trailer, except in the most egregious cases where they're really awful. And even then, those movies still tend to be... I'm thinking about um, uh, the, the Jordan Peele... Um, uh, Us? Was it? No, no. The one before Us. The uh, Get Out. I'm thinking about Get Out, which had that awful, famously awful trailer for a great movie. <laughs> that gave, it gave away everything the entire away. movie, yes. And yet we love that movie, and we talk about that movie, and the trailer right. is a footnote for being so bald, baldly bad. This, this too will pass, Mar Eternals fans. I, I do agree that there. this is not a story point. I don't know what's happening in the Eternals, and I don't, at this point, I'm not sure if I care. But that's a different conversation. This is just something that's tagged on. This is like saying, by the way, Magnet P.I. is in the movie. I don't care. As long as something gets blown up, I'll be all right. Yeah, he's my favorite superhero because he has the power <laughs> of magnets. Magnet P.I., yeah. he's awesome. He's Magnet P.I., uh, <laughs> Don't look at the dog. Work the lock. I'm Magnet P.I. Uh, it, it, it looked like you had a take that I just interrupted. Go ahead, Tom. I did. Uh, and I had a, had a way to get to it that now, because you pointed it out that I had a take, I have to rewind my brain. Okay. Well, then while about. you do that, let me say uh, uh, parts that I think are inbound people expressing that they are upset that they found out a thing that they wanted to wrap a gift for themselves and wait until Christmas. Totally inbound. You can be disappointed. You can talk on Twitter about how you really hoped that you would have the surprise of that on Christmas. Uh, ultimately, though, it's your responsibility. If what you want is a wrapped gift, then it is up to you to leave that gift wrapped. Uh, Jeff Kanata is very good about this. He will not watch trailers, which is remarkable to me because like, I can't get it up. I want to get excited about stuff. However, uh, for example, more spoilers coming by the way, um, the uh, Thor Ragnarok trailer. Not for trailer, the Eternals though, not for the Eternals, just, just 
uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, in the trailer gives away the big twist at the end of the first act uh, in the trailer. Loved it. Loved the experience of the trailer. Got very excited for the movie. Still loved the movie. All of those things. If I wanted to remain pure, if I wanted my gift to remain wrapped, then it is not on Taika Waititi to coddle me. It is not on Variety to coddle me. It is not on anybody else but me to coddle myself. And uh, uh, I, for one, have never been good at self-coddling. Well, you know, I've heard different. But uh, Variety, (laughs) however, generally doesn't spoil, right? That's 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 the counterpoint there is like, hey, if I'm self-coddling, what that means is I make sure I don't go to the places that spoil things. And if I have never been spoiled by variety, which they don't generally, then I'm mad that I'm like, I thought I, I thought I trusted you. I thought I was in a safe area where I wouldn't get spoiled and you just popped a spoiler up. Right. Then it becomes, is it a spoiler? Uh, and. That's where I think the fact that he is at a premiere seeing it makes all the difference. If it's first weekend of the movie and it's reported, then it's like, well, you know, granted, maybe not everybody has the latitude to go see the movie, but the movie's out. You could have tried to go see it, perhaps. This is, you. none of you got to, a chance to see this yet, except us press folks and celebrities. And I'm going to tell you a thing that you couldn't have known. This feels having third point, having been at the press screening for Eternals before he tweeted this, I have to say it was a pretty fun reveal and it is disappointing for people to be like, oh, I'm going to miss out on that fun. It's not the end of the world. I think the anger is overreacting, but I think there is something there of like, you know, I know it's casting news, but those post-credit scenes are really fun and you just yucked a bunch of people's yums. I disagree. Um, uh, Back when we liked Game of Thrones, would you ever, if you knew that you couldn't be watching along with everybody else, would you ever open up Twitter during the night that Game of Thrones was on? That's not the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing, right? It's, It's not the night Eternals is on. Well, no, no, this no, no, no. Is, my, this is my, this is two weeks before Eternals comes out, and you're looking at a reporter who has never spoiled anything for you before. Uh, my point being, if what you want is a surprise, then what are you doing hanging around the place where surprises I just get don't ruined? Know, I just don't know if I buy the idea that being on Twitter two weeks before Eternals was opening yourself up to being spoiled. I think there's a low expectation of that there. Uh. I was smart enough on the release day of uh, Star Wars. The release the, day. The, the, the Force Awakens. Sure, sure, sure. So so now we're arguing like levels of embargo or whatever. Well, no, but I, that, I think that's important to this, right? This isn't, hey, it was the day the Eternals came out. This is like, I wouldn't have expected anything to spoil the Eternals on this day. I'm, I'm really surprised to hear you take this take because normally you're the guy who has no patience for people complaining about spoiler culture well because usually you take the other side so okay okay (laughs) (laughs) maybe 
maybe you're not owed that surprise. Maybe the maybe the thing that they use to promote four other movies shouldn't be the thing that you like base the reason that you go watch this movie. If losing that part of the movie, the tail end of it that makes you sit through 20 minutes of credits is the thing that ruins your experience of going and seeing Eternals. It sounds like Eternals is probably not a very good movie then because you're putting yeah, a lot right, of right. disproportionate okay. energy towards this one thing that is not it's not a surprise for you. This is just teaser. There is a mechanical use to this that is not just to make you feel good. Bryce is now officially the smartest guy in the room. Ha! I mean, I mean now, as if it wasn't always. <laughs> Bryce is revealed what okay, we all yeah, do. It, yeah, yeah, it is now sealed in, in stone. Let it be written, let it be said. Well, Done. so, so and that's why that's why I put it as like this isn't the end of the world, but he yucked a bunch of people's yums because I'm mm. like, it does it did not gonna ruin the movie that this got out. Uh, but it did it did reduce a fun thing, right? But, uh, and do I think Matt Donnelly ought to be strung up for that? No, absolutely not. But it's like, maybe, I mean, maybe don't, you know, you don't have to tweet that. Maybe, I don't know. We should tweet everything he's getting for Christmas this year. We should get a hold of his family and find out everything he's getting. And then we all tweet that out. Um, I, 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 here's what I will grant you is this now goes on his permanent record as uh, he is now somebody that you maybe don't want to be following leading up to things because he now has a reputation of being right. somebody who might spoil a thing. Now, you know, that's sure. fine. But ultimately, responsibility is on you, bro. Like, like you are if what you want is virgin ears, then you're the one who has two fingers uh, and can take care of them. I still, I still don't disagree. I still disagree with you on that point. I still think there there's, you know, there's a point where you have to say like, hold on, there's also a responsibility on his end to not tell me things outside the realm, right? To say like, to, so I know like, oh, you're a guy who's going to spoil things. Cool. I know not to follow you. I know not to, to be looking at you around uh, premiere time. And I don't think that expectation was there. And I think, I think there's a shared responsibility. I don't disagree that you do have a responsibility, but I don't think it's solely on you. So in this case. now, now's the part where I turn your own words against you because uh, I, I, I think it's you in the doc that asked the question, uh, this is not, is this a spoiler or is this a casting announcement? Because if casting announcements are off limits, we, uh, you and I are out of a job. Here's, here's where I'll come back at you. This was not a casting announcement. He this announced not, who's in the cast. No, no, no. This is not the studio putting out a release saying studio. this person has been cast. This is, I saw the movie ahead of time and then said who was cast. So... Uh, 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 okay. I, uh, where does it end though? To, guys, where does it end? When it ends. Watch, watching superhero movies, which. And if it was, if it wasn't Donnelly, if it wasn't Variety, it would have been Deadline. It would it have been, been Hollywood Reporter. It would have been Tom. It would have been us on this show. Like, like legitimately. If, if I don't know, there, there have been there's newsworthiness of, uh, to this, and someone would have done it. There have oh, been plenty of stunt, what it was because I missed it. Okay, there are plenty of stunt castings that don't get reported, even though journalists go and see the movie because they're like, oh, I guess that's a plot reveal that that person is in the show. But because this was an end credit scene, it wasn't a plot reveal. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, first of all, this you, 
you're barking up the wrong tree because I hate me this whole post credits, you know, will they, won't they all the time. I, I, if I have to consult my phone to know whether or not I'm allowed to go pee or not, you've done something wrong with your movie. Uh, and, that, and that's on you, not on me. Um, the, uh, I don't know. This, this seems inbounds. Well, there's only one way to settle this, Brian. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Mm, no, well, sure. But if you really want to settle it, you have to back us at patreon.com slash cordkillers. It's really the only way. Yeah. Okay. So if you agree with this, then give mm. us $1 per episode at patreon.com slash cordkillers, where you'll get your own RSS feed, including all of the bonus stuff, our after talk, everything in one nice curated feed. If you disagree with it, give us $2 at patreon.com slash cordkillers. So you're banking on more people disagreeing. <laughs> if you're not sure, give us $3 at patreon.com slash cord killers. It's the only way we can know for it's sure. It's the only way. It's the only most way. scientific process. Patreon.com slash cord killers. Let's talk about how to watch. Ah, we got uh, we got lots of HBO news out of the AT&T earnings call. Warner Media reported it lost. 1.8 million HBO and HBO Max subscribers in the U.S. in Q3. That may sound like a lot, but hold on. That's after they let their carriage deal with Amazon expire. That's the one where you could add HBO to your Amazon Prime Video subscription. That service ended, and viewers were given credits for HBO Max's standalone service, but it looks like about two of the five million who had HBO on Amazon Prime Video didn't switch over. But it also means three of the five million did. So 60% did. Perhaps they're waiting for the end of the season of Succession to come back and binge it all. Who knows? Uh, overall, though, good news. HBO Max gained subscribers worldwide up 1.9 million to 69.4 million. So the outside of the U.S. made up for the shortfall inside. Uh, AT&T, which still owns Warner Media while they finish up the details of the merger with Discovery, says that it expects most of HBO's growth to come from worldwide subscriptions. It's launching versions of HBO Max uh, all over the place. They've got 39 launched in Latin American and Caribbean markets, six in European countries just this week. Central and Eastern European, as well as Portugal, are going to get it next year. And the company is committed to launching international shows on the same day in all markets. Danish drama series Kamikaze will be the first HBO Max commissioned and produced out of Europe and it will launch on all HBO Max versions on November 14th. So to me, this feels like a contest between two facts, and you could decide uh, one is a positive fact, the other is a negative fact, and you have to decide which is more impressive. The negative fact is nearly 2 million subscribers lost to HBO. That is, without doubt, a catastrophic, awful negative fact. Not good. Yeah, you can't spin that other any other way. Right. However, uh, it is very, very hard to get anybody to move to any platform ever. And we're having people move off of Amazon and re-sign up for a second time. And if you're going to tell me that 3 million of the 5 million who were dumped uh, from Amazon actually resubscribed, That's that <laughs> is absolutely extraordinary. It's not just good. It's, yeah. it's, I can't, I don't know how I could possibly cause 60% of the people who subscribe to my thing to immediately the same month subscribe to any of the things to, again. To do work in order to give you money. 
right? Like that's that's pretty impressive. Well, so so I guess the question that that we get to play with is which is more impressive, the bad, the negative version of this, or 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 the positive one? Hammond, I think that the the positive aspect of this is is promising for HBO that they did have people who were booted, and then put the effort in to re-sign up and join back again. That says an awful lot about people's dedication to the head of the class reruns and, you know, old episodes of whose line is it anyway? It's it, it says that people are willing to put the effort in for their content. It's so, it's it's so funny because like not, like like one year ago, Brian would be like piling on with you, just crapping all over HBO Max. But modern day Brian is like, I don't know, Hacks was pretty good. I mean, there, there there's a lot of quality programming on HBO Max. It's like Wolves <laughs> is coming back soon. Yeah, right. Sort of. You know, uh, uh, Bryce, which which are you more taken by, the negative or the positive angle on this? Uh, the the positive, especially the international growth. I think that has really helped out Netflix, not just in terms of numbers, but also in having a very wide range of programming. And by opening up their their kind of the doors and saying like, let's bring in productions from all across the world, you're going to get more different types of stories. Um, in in more and new perspectives that I, is is only a good thing. Like that's a great thing. Yeah, I I, I think I mean 1.9 million. They they raised their subscribers 1.9 million. Meaning it when they lost 2 million in the U.S., they raised 3.9 million in the rest of the world. Right. Uh, so that's that's crazy good. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of on the positive side with with them. I feel like having movies like Dune on HBO Max gave them the latitude to to make this play with Amazon and just be like, fine, yeah, we'll just, we'll eat it because we will get people back. Uh, in fact, I bet they get even more of these people back who just haven't realized that their Amazon subscription is gone and are like, oh wait, uh, I can't watch Succession? Uh, that that's back now. Crap. What do I have to do? And, 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 you know, they'll get, they may not get all 4 million or 5 million back, you know, within the next six months. But I, I, it looks like they, they'll probably get even more than just the two or the 3 million. So, uh, overall they got the deal they want. They get to keep more of the money through HBO max. So I think it ends up being a net positive for them. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound great, but I think you're right. The, uh, uh if, if there's one thing more impressive than getting anybody to sign up for anything, it's getting them to do it twice because that means they know exactly what it is and they're coming back and saying, yes, I will yeah. inconveniently come back for more. All right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Not like you just tell you, it's all about location, location, location. Under Surveillance. Netflix showed off a retro style teaser for its Cowboy Bebop series. It's not actually footage from the series, uh, it's kind of a created promo with a stylized look at Spike Spiegel, played by John Cho, Jet Black, played by Mustafa Shakir, and Faye Valentine, played by Daniela Pineda. Uh, they're competing for a bounty. They do some cool uh, practical effects. The show launches November 19th. What'd y'all think? Uh, I loved this a lot. Uh, I am somebody who loves the original anime a lot. Um, uh, before before we go to Hammond, though, I was shocked to hear Bryce's response on this. I did not like this video one bit. This felt like 
uh, I'm not going to say the name of the person who I who I named when I was talking about this earlier, but <laughs> this looks like when you get digital like assets, when you're like a first time video visual effects person and you're like, oh, I want to make a video where we're shooting guns and we're using the we're fake muzzles. We're doing everything. And uh, boy, could I, did I, I couldn't get over that hump. I hope that the show doesn't is none of this because also like very imp like impressive visual stuff. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of work to do um, kind of bad, not good storytelling, just kind of like also just really bad use of my time. This two and a half minutes. I feel like, Oh, they're I, like not great at bounty hunting. I knew that. I know Cowboy it's Bebop. It's supposed to look like it's from the seventies, but that's not your complaint, right? No. Just clarify. Yeah, no, okay. the, the look is, is fine, I guess, but it just felt like, uh, useless it I, felt like much like the like tweet thing we were talking about earlier is ancillary to the show this will live outside of the show and is not worth my time uh, it did not feel wow. like it was worth my, my well, time and, and, and i can understand where you're coming from we don't find out the name of the bounty there's no conflict there's no drama there's no i mean it's, it's all about this it's all visual it's line. All style it's no substance yeah yeah and i think it's supposed to be i don't yeah. think and that that may be a bad choice, but I, I think that's what they chose is like, we're not really telling a story here. We're just showing you the characters in a cool 70s-ish, like, you know, 70s cop show looking take on Cowboy Bebop. Hammond, what about you? So it's weird how I can fall between the two of you. I am very excited about the show. I love the anime, but I'm kind of with Bryce and feeling like they didn't do a great job of getting me hyped up for, I saw Cowboy Bebop. I know it's coming out. I'm I'm excited. But the way they tried to get me more excited didn't actually work as well as they thought they would with me. So I'm kind of straddling the line between the two opinions because All right. I'm yeah. super excited about it. I just not this didn't help. My 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 only counterpoint would be the um the people who have already seen the anime know the story. So it would be useless to tell the story. So instead, what you have to do is make a promise to the people who love the anime of the type of storytelling you're going to do. And if this is what the show looks like, then then message received. I understand now. Still very excited. Okay. Hayden Christensen has been cast in the Ahsoka series. That's the one starring Rosaria Dawson as... Ahsoka, if you, if you don't already know, Christensen played Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader in Star Wars Episodes 2 and 3, and Ahsoka is Anakin's apprentice in the Clone Wars series. So this would be us seeing a real-life Ahsoka for the first time, which we saw in The Mandalorian, meeting up with the real-life Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker, except he's Darth Vader at the point that this takes off, because Ahsoka is a spinoff of The Mandalorian, which takes place after Return of the Jedi, and Christensen was also cast in Obi-Wan, which takes place after episode three. So uh, is it flashbacks or force ghosts or something else? I, I don't, I don't I, care. It's not, it's not my bag. It's, it's not my force bag. Wow. Yeah. That says I've learned a lot about you tonight, Brian. Yeah, no, I'm a disappointment to everyone. Uh, kind of like Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Okay, I don't like him either. I, I'm thinking it's going to be force a combination. I think I think Tom answered it by saying it's a force ghosts and flashbacks. I don't think we're going to be getting more than that from them. Uh, I yeah, that's the only way they can make it work. And it might just be for an episode or two, or it could be how Ahsoka 
survived and they have the kind of wrapped up in historical flashbacks throughout the episode, like she's telling a tale or something. I don't know, but I'm not, I, I'm with Brian again. <laughs> Brian wasn't my, or Anakin wasn't my favorite person. Yeah. I feel, I, I, sorry, go ahead. What? I, I just feel like it's the prequel, it's the prequel divide, right? Like if, if you're, if you're not a fan of the prequels, then there's a, there's a speed bump to get over, to be excited about Hayden Christensen coming back in anything that no disrespect to Hayden Christensen. It's the character, not the actor, right? Correct. But if I had a place to go where I could pretend I was dumb about star Wars could help me kind of wipe the slate clean. That might help. Yeah. Well, good luck. There, there's an old <laughs> series on YouTube that Hammond's referring to. Someday I'll finish it, Hammond. Okay, I promise. <laughs> a trailer for the movie version of the game Uncharted is out, starring Tom Holland as a youngish Nathan Drake, because Tom Holland's young. Uh, Uncharted is scheduled to arrive in theaters February 18th. Much has been made about how young Tom Holland looks as Nathan Drake in this. Otherwise, what do you guys think? I, 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 I'm so sad to report that I totally missed this one. Is it good, Hammond? Did you like it? I watched it. I like Tom Holland. I'm not sure if I can buy him as Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake, I always thought more of a, I don't know. I mean. Well, you, you think of that like square chiseled chin, that, yeah, that, that, that tough guy. Yeah, swat, young Bruce Campbell-y kind of guy. This is a gamble, in my opinion, on Tom Holland becoming that. So they're saying, we want to make a lot of Uncharted movies. Let's cast somebody young and and big name so that we can do movies with him for a long time. He I will mean, grow into being the chiseled Nathan Drake. Uh, and, and the reason I think that is in the trailer, they make a point of saying something about how young he looks, right? They're, they're, they're wearing that on their sleeve. Like, yes, this is Nathan Drake early on. Uh, and, and Tom Holland will grow with the Nathan Drake character might be the intention. Also for Tom Holland, this is his Indiana Jones. You know, Spider-Man is his Han Solo. If he can pull this off and it becomes a huge franchise, he will be Tom Holland, who plays great characters, not Spider-Man. Uh, and he shoots first. That, fine. That, that, that could be a very smart long-term play. If you can make us fall in love with a ganglier, more elbows and, and, and puberty version of Nathan Drake and then eventually guide us into a grizzled version. Uh, that that's a 20 year franchise that can make lots of money. Yeah. It, it goes awry. If Tom Holland doesn't end up ever looking any different than he does now, which I mean, I guess <laughs> then you got Harry Potter all over again. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Amazon released a trailer for the Aaron Sorkin film Being the Ricardos, starring Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem as Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. The movie follows one week of shooting an episode of I Love Lucy. So it's beginning to end uh, Aaron Sorkin-ish, like a week in the life of shooting I Love Lucy, exploring the characters of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. How optimistic are you? Because this, uh, uh, their, their relationship, their story is extraordinary and has deep, deep lore behind it. How much of that do you think shows up in an Aaron Sorkinson vehicle? <laughs> Hammond, what do you think? <laughs> that was a punt. I'm going to land on the fully optimistic side on this one. Uh, Aaron Sorkin does good work. He's very good with dialogue and storytelling. 
and I am in, inordinately excited about this. Maybe it'll bite me in the butt. Call me when this is back when it comes on. But right now, I'm super geeked about this coming out. Yeah, I have to say, you know, the idea of of, of Lucy and, and Ricky uh, doing a fast walk, uh, fast talk, <laughs> chop chop at, at some point has me uh, my skin crawling a little bit. But this trailer looks like they want you to believe they're going to explore all those things you're talking about, Brian, of the relationship of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Uh, the performances are spot on. They did a, a little outtake of a black and white bit of Nicole Kidman doing a classic scene for My Love Lucy, and it was just note for note. It was amazing, which that's hard to do. Lucille Ball is 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 a legend. So I'm think I'm I'm with you, Hammond. I think I'm I'm cautiously optimistic on this. I, I, thank, and thank to, you for make, not making me feel alone, Tom. I appreciate you're that. welcome. <laughs> to to be clear, I'm not saying that they're they're not going to do it. I'm just going to say, who double black diamond? That's a, that's a tough course uh, to, yeah. to try to thread uh, that needle. I wouldn't ski down that slope, but good on you, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, a couple other notes here. Apple renewed Mythic Quest for third and fourth season all at once. Uh, season three promised to come sometime in 2022 before Ted Lasso season three. So there's a window in there that's a little amorphous. And Apple also announced its first Korean series, Dr. Brain, about a doctor who tries to sync his brain with dead people in order to recover their memories and find out what happened to his wife and son. I'm just wondering if Pinky's going to show up. I, I'm just Dr. confused Brian. why they misspelled Brian. It's clearly Dr. Brian. <laughs> because this is your life story. Yeah. How you're always sinking your memories with dead people. Yes, duh. Oh, Brian. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on since Brian and I had our eyes on the same thing. We'll start with you, Hammond. So, so I have not had a chance to settle into Dune yet. I figured that's going to be something I do probably later this week. How, but I did finish Squid Games. And uh, I started watching What Happened to Brittany Murphy on HBO Max. Well, I think we've, we all know what Squid Game is. Uh, what, what is What Happened to Brittany Murphy? It's a documentary chronicling uh, the, the time after her death and her career leading up to it and all the questions and issues they had with the circumstances of her death. What, who is Brittany Murphy? Oh, thank you. She was an actress. God damn, was an real quick, real quick. There's this brief moment that I'm just thinking to myself, oh, please don't let me be the only one who doesn't know who Brittany Murphy no, is. No, she was in 8 Mile. She played the voice of Luann on King of the Hill. The more you talk, Clueless. the more I am certain that I shouldn't know. Clueless? Did you not see Clueless? <laughs> Keep talking. Keep talking. Oh I gosh. just feel more right. Okay, go ahead. You're no. fine. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm ignorant and I feel bad about being ignorant. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm good. I'm sorry. I brought it up. I'll move on. No, no, no. no. I, I, I only asked, uh, because I was assuming there might be some other people in the audience besides Brian who didn't know who Brittany Murphy was. Of course, we all know who she is. Uh, Everybody but, mocked uh, me at cordkillers at gmail.com. Let me have it. Let me have it. I watched yeah. the first episode of it and it's fantastic. And it paints her husband in not the great light and paints her mom in even worse light. So I'm excited to watch part two tonight. All right. Well, at least you get a part two tonight of what happened to Brittany <laughs> oh, Murphy. My God. Uh, we who watch Dune part one are still hoping that there will be a part two. Actually, I, I'm kind of annoyed with how annoyed people are about it being part one. I'm like, Hey man, I'm happy we got this much. Uh, if we get a part two, great. Like there's been so many attempts at Dune. The fact that we even got half the book 
that is this. I, I'm intensely pleased with. Brian, what did you think? It is extremely good, but I, I must admit I was extremely embarrassed that like we've covered this movie for quite a while. We've been talking about it for quite a while. And to find out that this was only part one and that part two did not exist yet, I, I was just like, I understand there are sometimes I'm a little bit dialed out. I'm not paying attention, but I'm like, was this one of those times? But I think this no is- No one knew until the first screening showed the title credit. Right, like, like this is remarkable. One. Kayfabe being done by Hollywood. I couldn't believe that they pulled it off. Yeah. Where was Matt Donnelly on this? <laughs> I just to say that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but I'm glad it's part one of Dune. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, maybe for PR, they shouldn't have called it part one, or maybe this is genius to call it part one and get everybody talking about it. But, but either way, artistically, this was the right solution because the choices they made on what to zoom in on in the book and what to zoom out and gloss over from the book, in my opinion, for me, were the perfect choices. Uh, and if you had tried to do the rest of the book in this movie, it would have either been unfathomably long or they would have had to cut out more pieces and it wouldn't have been as good. So I think it's smart that they said, this is the chunk of the book we can tell in a two hour, 45 minute movie and tell it well. And I think they achieved that. Uh, my 13 year old uh, was definitely of the opinion that already part one was too long. However, I'll, that was the only negative review that I heard. Everything sure. else, I, can see that. I, I loved it. I love the aesthetics of it. I love the storytelling of it. I love uh, the use of, 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 of the battle language and of different languages to convey things that uh, in the David Lynch version, they had to just do voiceovers for. I love the design of the ornithopters. I loved the, the cinematography. It was, it was uh, I loved everything about it, full stop. So yes, Hammond. My parents saw this movie and their review was once we woke up, we left the theater. Oh, boo. So do they have, uh, did they have um, problems sleeping? No, no. They just, oh. they, they just both commented independently how boring it was. So oh, oh, I am okay. nervous, for everybody. nervous because do I you usually agree with your parents on films. No, no that's the thing. This is the thing is I'm, okay. I'm hearing you and Brian and I trust you more than I trust my parents because my parents As have you a should. tenuous relationship. As you're a member of our cult. <laughs> yeah, a tenuous relationship with uh, reality. And <laughs> so, therefore, I trust you guys. But it did make me nervous because independently and unprovoked, they both told me that. I'm like, hi, how are you? Dude was boring. I, oh, wow. I would say you have nothing to fear. Tom, How did as somebody who is familiar with the story, what did you think? Well, I did. Were you not listening earlier? Like, yes, absolutely adored it. I thought all the choices were great. Uh, like, I can only repeat what I said before. Uh, this, this was, this was fantastic. Yes. Okay. Well, I thought you had more. That's all right. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to wait for part two of your review, <laughs> much <laughs> like the second part of Dune. <laughs> Uh, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got a recommendation from Cappy. Cappy writes, uh, hello, I wanted to share uh, The Way of the House Husband on Netflix. I don't remember how this crossed my path, but it is amazing. It's short anime bits about a retired Yakuza boss and how a normal day is for him. It's very funny and lots of Easter eggs. Love to show your boss. Cappy, thanks, Cappy. I found out about Way of the House Husband um, maybe a year or so ago because... Uh, some comics, some 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 comic strips of it had been translated and were on Tumblr, and it's about this powerful 
former Yakuza boss who becomes a house husband. He's doing, you're following him doing all these domestic um, chores, groceries and sewing and cleaning up and taking care of the kids and the pets and stuff. But he's got this, this very uh, aggressive aura around him. He's still like a gangster in, in his mind. Um, now, uh, uh, one thing I will say to kind of let everybody know, uh, it, this is not a cartoon. This is not really animated. This is like an, this is a motion comic at best. So just be aware of that. You're going to go in and you're going to be like, there's, they're not even moving. What's going on? Um, I guess the creator didn't want to do a full anime thing. So they kind of animated the comic panels more or less and they voice it and there's sound effects and sound design. So Netflix has that. That's called the way of the house husband. They also have a short special um, or it's, it's many three to five minute skits in live action called the ingenuity of the house husband, which is, I think basically the same concept, but done in live action. So check those out. Uh, the way of the house husband and the ingenuity of the house husband are both streaming on Netflix right now. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email it to us. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Hundred percent can second this. I, I can't believe I never mentioned this as a as a thing I had my eyes on. Uh, Eileen discovered this year or so ago uh, on Netflix and turned me on to it. And uh, yeah, you 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 do have to get used to the animation style, which is kind of like act like you said, like like an action comic, uh, basically. But it's it's amazing. The 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 entire premise is is fantastic. It's super fun. It's it's a really cute it's a really cute story. It's certainly worth checking out because they're relatively short. Even that special, they're only three to five minute skits, less than an hour for all of them. So there you go. Now, the other thing that you can do is have a conversation with me over email. And what? you're like, Tom, oh. how would I do that? Oh. I don't have your email address. Um, that's why I started Free Tom Newsletter, freetomnewsletter.com for you. I let other people use it, but I've been waiting for you to sign up. So if you could sign up this week, that'd be great. Uh, and then you'll get like a message from me about my week and what podcasts I've been doing and everything and my writing and it's all in there. And then you can respond to it and we can chat. So just, you know, can, if you can we all take the Tom Merritt pledge and decide that this week when we get like, like, of course, we're all going to sign up at freetomnewsletter.com. But when we get it, all of us are going to respond to it because it's yes. very rare that I hear somebody say, please respond to my newsletter. So here, all right, I'm going to sign, sign up again right Free now. Freetomnewsletter.com. Yeah. Okay, done. And of course, uh, Doghouse mm -hmm. Systems. They, they, they are holding us for ransom. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All they did, turns out all you have to do to keep us ransom is to give us all of the horsepower that runs our studio. And then we will every single week tell everybody that they do fantastic work. They take care of you. Ex excellent unparalleled uh, customer service. Uh, doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Use promo code rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E at checkout. And you'll get some extra st stuff and make us look good. That's the important part. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Roku's deal to carry YouTube TV expired in April. We talked about it here on Cord Killers. Uh, at that point, Google moved some of the YouTube TV functionality into the YouTube app uh, while Roku and Google continued to negotiate. Uh, now, Google says its deal for YouTube proper will end December 9th. And Roku says then that's Google's problem. We don't want any more money. We just want Google to drop a requirement that we give YouTube its own search results bar and keep non-YouTube content away from YouTube content and search results. 
which is basically changing the deal that they have now. So uh, you are now on the sidelines being, you know, recruited to jump into the negotiating battle for either one of these. But, but yeah, Roku has dropped YouTube TV and now Google says it will pull YouTube because YouTube is the bigger draw and they have the leverage with that. Uh, what do you think, Brian, by December 9th? Do you think they'll figure this out? Uh, I think everybody is really good at getting along about carriage disputes of all varieties. I'm sure it'll be fine. And you know what? Probably by the time this broadcast is over. I'm going to check my feed. <laughs> Meanwhile, after previously announcing <gasps> TVs for its Sky Division, Comcast uh, announces the X-Class TV for U.S. customers. X-Class TVs will be built by uh, Hisense. They start at 43 inches for $298. They include a year of Peacock Premium with ads. The TVs will come with uh, apps for YouTube TV, Hulu with Live TV, uh, Sling TV, as well as usuals including Netflix, HBO Max, Disney+, Amazon Prime Video, YouTube Tubi, IMDb TV, Pluto, and Zumo. And if you're in an area that offers the service, you'll eventually be able to get streaming versions of both Comcast's Xfinity and Charter Spectrum. Whew, you could buy a TV from Comcast that will give you YouTube TV, but you can't buy a Roku that will give you YouTube TV. The, uh, this is the cord killing equivalent of they could put a man on the moon, but they well, can't saying, like a year ago. If we had said, Hey, next year at this time, there'll be a TV made by Comcast and a Roku, which one will have YouTube TV on it. And 99% of you would have said, well, obviously the Roku, or maybe you would have said Comcast. You're like, well, the only reason you're asking me is it's a trick question, but it was, it's kind of unthinkable that. The Roku, the most open platform, doesn't have YouTube TV. And Comcast is like, competition, whatever. Sure, buy our TV, please. Uh, look, man, even Comcast can get smart one day. Hey, yeah, look at that. Netflix beat expectations for subscriber growth in Q3, gaining 4.38 million subscribers to reach 213.6 million worldwide. Netflix says it expects to add three and a half million or expected to add three and a half million. So it beat its own expectations. Uh, Netflix now expects to add 8.5 million in Q4, about the same as Q4 last year. Part of the unexpected surge is attributable to the popularity of Squid Game, which Netflix said has been viewed by 142 million households. It has been the number one program in 94 Netflix countries and a series called Made, starring Margaret Qualley, is now about to pass the Queen's Gambit as Netflix's most watched limited series with 67 million accounts watching. And in case you are a doubter that Nielsen numbers back up the fact that Netflix's Squid Games uh, in the U.S. Uh, from September 20th to 26th, in its second week out, Squid Game got 1.9 billion minutes of viewing, more than doubling number two's Lucifer, 860 million minutes. So yeah, people are not only tuning in, but they're sticking around. None of those fake views. Well, dude, does that count? That doesn't count Hammond's minutes yet, though. Well, no, I was actually going to say that Lucifer, uh, Lucifer, I'd say about 170 million of those minutes is my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, in Protocol's next up newsletter, Janko Rekers mentions a startup called Spots AI, S-P-O-T-Z, that uses computer vision and machine learning to figure out where to put those random ads that show up right in the middle of people's sentences on Tubi and IMDb TV. So maybe this will solve that. Right now, humans do that, but they're not watching 
the movie or the show. That's uh, expensive. Humans make mistakes. Uh, and sometimes they see a black frame and mark it as an ad, and it's not really a black frame. It's just a dark spot while someone's talking. Spots uses an algorithm to look at more than just whether there's a black frame, but includes changes in audio levels and other indicators to determine if it's an actual break in the action. The service is available as an API that can analyze videos 20 to 40 times faster than regular viewing speed. And customers being like companies like IMDb TV can tell the service how many ad breaks to look for or even create rules like we want one break in the first episode of the series and then three breaks and all the rest, stuff like that. Uh, Hammond, normally I would be cynical about this kind of uh, proposition. However, uh, even on YouTube, the auto insertion of ads just seems to be getting better and better and better. Uh, do you believe that AIs will will be better than humans at this? At some point, I think so, because they will learn all of the telltale signs to put it in the in a better place. Right now, there are a few that I've watched that have been really, really good, and then I've watched a few that are kind of dicey. And the, it seems to be a learning process, and I think if we have machines learning it, the mistakes will drop because machines will just do it without the, the human error that humans bring into everything they do. And, you know, and oh, go Bryce ahead. is bringing up a good question in our chat, which is like, why isn't this in the metadata, right? Like somebody had to put accurate breaks in a lot of these programs uh, at some point, because even with movies, they air on, you know, cable TV and broadcast TV. Uh, and the answer from what I can tell is that sometimes that metadata gets lost at, in the chain of custody. Uh, and other times the metadata itself just isn't accurate. So, I mean, also, you know? there's the possibility that, let's say, uh, uh, you don't want a certain point broken, let's say, an ad-supported uh, moment of their... Uh, 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 so, so you can actually... Humans have different motivations than AI. If the AI is told, just put the ad breaks in the right part uh, so that the maximum number of people keep on watching, then it will do so. Whereas a human may have different incentives to not be accurate in their metadata. Even yeah, if all yeah. this programming was designed and created around ad breaks, I mean, I mean, I get, you know, this metadata can be lost, but also this metadata shouldn't be that hard to make. Not all of it has metadata either. Some of it, yeah. some of it was, was never, it was never created, I should say. So uh, there's lots of different. Finally, Amazon added 60 more cities to its Amazon Fire TV, uh, TV news app. The app now offers live and on-demand local news in 158 cities in the United States. Too bad local news is only something people say they want, not something they actually watch. I, I, I mean, I, I wait for Amber Alerts on my phone all the time. Yeah. You're waiting That's for the local news. Yeah. yeah. I read anyway. next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Local news. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. D. Canfield wrote, greeting cord killers. The downside of listening to podcasts in the car is that all these thoughts I want to send in never stick in my brain long enough for me to get home and actually send an email. But last week's comment about how you didn't get any feedback finally motivated me. Hooray! Thank you, D. Canfield, for, for doing this. Uh, I meant to send this so many times last winter because I feel like it's exactly the anecdote Brian was looking for. For years, my father-in-law has taken the entire family out to see the latest blockbuster movie on Thanksgiving and Christmas or thereabouts. 
this would be between six and 12 people. And with some concessions, this often would cost him a couple hundred dollars each time. And it didn't seem to matter what the movie was, as long as it was the big new release blockbuster, we went to see it. Last year, of course, theaters were mostly closed, but we did have the option to watch Wonder Woman on HBO Max for a fraction of the price. And he had absolutely no interest in watching a movie that day. I thought that really drove home to me how, how much the setting matters more than the movie to some people. There's something about that ritual, man. There's something about yeah. getting the kids out. And plus also, in we've, we've speculated a number of different ways. In fact, I'd love to hear uh, uh, Hammond's take on this. Uh, uh, for me, the part that I can't handle is watching anything at home. I never expected that all home movies come in heckle vision, and I don't like it. Uh, I, I, I like my kids having to shut up and be in the movie theater. <laughs> Uh, what what we did last year a lot was we rented movie theaters. We have 20 people, 10, 20 people, and we rent theaters, and we still continue that tradition. It just with us all as a family. And you know what, Brian? Heckle vision lasts and endures oh. when you're in that setting as well. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> that's <laughs> why that's why you that, can't rent Brian. the whole place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is a great point about, you know, for uh, for his father-in-law, it wasn't the same, but what the father-in-law enjoyed was getting everybody together and bustling into the theater and everybody getting popcorn and all talking about the movie afterwards and watching it at home just wasn't the same for him. Uh, I will say it depends on the movie. Eileen and I will often talk to each other since we're the only ones most of the time watching in the house while we're watching something. With Dune, we didn't. I noticed I was like, we are both watching this movie. Because so it's it's very good. Uh, man, oh man, did we get a whole bunch of people chiming in on, on blackouts and sports-related stuff. This is all Tom's territory. Uh, yeah, uh, Ulrika uh, said, hey guys, I wasn't gonna email you about, I was going to email you about how I canceled Netflix this month after being a subscriber since 2004. Ulrika, please send us that story. I wanna know what that's about. But instead uh, said, I wanna tell you about how impossible it is to watch baseball in Iowa. I may have briefly referenced Iowa as one of these places, but yeah, Iowa is the worst blackout market. Here's the deal. Iowa does not have a major league team, but we do have six blacked out teams. The Chicago Cubs, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago White Sox, the Minnesota Twins, the Kansas City Royals, and the Milwaukee Brewers. Those teams are not available to watch with an MLB.TV subscription or when they are aired on some national broadcasts. And some of those clubs are not available on Iowa's main cable package either. Now, that's where I, my problem comes. It's like, okay, so you're close to six teams. You're blacked out with six teams, but they're all available on cable, right? So you could get cable and watch them. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to pay that much or not. But if you can't even watch them and they're blacked out, oh, that's, that's not right. Uh, my dad has been a Chicago Cubs fan for many decades. His house is 342 miles from Wrigley Field. He cannot watch the Cubs game home home games on TV, despite having a top-tier satellite subscription. He would use MLB TV, but that's blacked out too. Are you a Dodgers fan? Well, I hope they're not playing Kansas City or St. Louis. Meanwhile, my mom is an IndyCar fan. Any races that aren't airing on NBC, she can watch on the IndyCar app. Before the pandemic, she would travel to see at least one major race per year, and she had season passes for the Iowa Speedway. Increased video access didn't make her less passionate. It made her more eager to see things in person when possible. 
It's been well over a decade since I've needed to go to um, Tortuga to get content <laughs> for myself. But if I knew of a sneaky way to get access to good old American baseball for my 69-year-old dad, I'd do it. Yeah, again, it's one thing to say like, well, he's got satellite and that channel isn't on there, but he could get cable and get it. It's another thing to be like, no, it's just not available. Uh, and I, that that's where that stuff is really, really not working right. Uh, and finally, we got a, a, I'm going to summarize this note from Tristan. Uh, Tristan uh, put in an impassioned plea for us to talk more about Plex. Uh, I, I feel like that that it, that is a proper blind spot, uh, uh, at least for me. Uh, 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 do do we want to do it like a, like a Plex experiment to to get more hands on with it, Tom? Or are you already in love with it? Uh oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, I, I, I tricked I have you. Plex. Uh, you, you would like me to use it more, cover it more? I don't know. Um, sure, I'll uh, do whatever. Uh, hey, basically, Tristan says that that we seem to have a blind spot for Plex. We don't talk about it nearly as uh, enough. And specifically, I think uh, Tristan is looking to 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 call out this other service to do music. He has a Plex and and doesn't like some of the music streaming options, and is recommending Plex Amp, which I guess taps into your music for Plex and gives you like a YouTube music. Yeah. Type and, and I definitely knew about Plex Amp and didn't cover it because it was music and the show is focused on, on TVs. Uh, so thank you, Tristan, for writing in uh, about that. Um, I mean, we also, we just can't do it all. I, I think that's my answer. And when you don't hear us talk about your favorite thing as much, it may be that we have a blind spot or it may be that there are just so many things that we have to order up the coverage. And this this is coming from my years of doing Buzz Out Loud, Tech News Today and Daily Tech News Show, which is to say uh, there are always people who feel undercovered because you can't cover everything. And they're always you're always going to feel like you're less covered when you're a fan of something that isn't as used widely because when you're picking stories, you want to pick the stories that are of use to the most people. And if 200 billion people or 200 million people use Netflix, then we we really should cover Netflix a lot. Uh, it, and fewer people use Plex. That said, I try to cover the Plex stories whenever they come in, uh, and I try not to undercover them. So do hold our feet to the fire, Tristan. I appreciate that, uh, and appreciate you sending send along the the Plex amp uh, uh, news it, as well. It, that's a that's a cool add on. Uh, also, even though it's not a movie thing, it's more of an audio thing. Uh, the fact that it plays nice with Sonos, uh, I, I'll, I'll give it a try, and I'll let you guys uh, know. Cool. I'll play too because I have Sonos in the house, and I think that's that's a worthy that's a worthy experiment because of the Sonos. I don't really use Sonos uh, anymore. I used to, uh, but I, I will try to, to launch my Plex more often uh, and, and flex my Plex. There it is. There going. it is. Landed it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Hammond Chamberlain, for being with us. What do we got going on? Uh, season eight of Soundography is recording and will probably be starting to be released in the next week or so. So Brian Ibbett and I talking about uh, music and bands and history, one band at a time. And we started with Metallica. Excellent. Go check it out, folks. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? Uh, I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. 
I mean, they're yeah. scratch. They're, they're scratching our itch, like because we're I think addicted. As long as it's consensual, like it's we're fine. we're addicted to their money and love. Uh, Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> goddamn it! <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>